Well, it's time for the only show that doesn't care about ratings, Witness Radio, with your host, Ryan Muniak. Well, top of the morning to you, and happy St. Patrick's Day. Okay, enough with the bad accent. Welcome to Witness Radio, the only show that doesn't care about ratings because our sole purpose is to save souls. On purpose. Go to witnesstalkradio.org for more episodes and syndication options. You can also find us on Facebook. Chris Russell on Facebook posted this St. Patrick's Day thought. Jesus is the only true rock. All others are just sham rocks. What are some ways that you can reach out to the lost during the St. Patrick's Day festivities? Well, one common transition would be talking about being lucky enough to get into heaven. Another way you could segue into the gospel would be by talking about the real history behind St. Patrick's Day. Do you know what this holiday is really about? Listen to this article from Answers in Genesis, read by our announcer, Patrick McDonald. You're listening to Witness Radio. Every year on March 17th, millions of people around the world celebrate St. Patrick's Day with parades, parties, and the color green. But who was the man who inspired these traditions, and why do we still celebrate him today? Although there is scholarly disagreement on the exact date and even the year of St. Patrick's birth, the traditionally accepted consensus is that St. Patrick was born Maywin Succat in the Roman colony of Britain around A.D. 387 to middle-class Christian parents. At the age of 16, Maywin was kidnapped by pirates and carried off to Ireland where he was sold into slavery. In Ireland, he learned a new language and the culture of the Druids. At that time in Irish history, Ireland was a dark nation where the religion of the Druids reigned. This pagan religion involved worshipping nature, violence, and even human sacrifice. When young Maywin was kidnapped, he was not a Christian, but was essentially an atheist. However, his father was a deacon and his grandfather was a priest, so Maywin had heard the truth as a boy. During the long, cold, and lonely days and nights caring for his master's sheep in the Irish countryside, Maywin began to pray. Soon he had developed a relationship with the true iron God of Scripture and was praying nearly 100 times during the day and night. After six years of slavery, he claims he was told in a vision that a ship was ready to take him home. He hiked 200 miles to the coast, boarded a ship, and eventually returned home. Back in Britain, Maywin claimed to have received a vision in which he heard the people of Ireland saying, We beg you, holy youth, that you shall come and walk again among us. After studying for the priesthood, being ordained a bishop, and changing his name to Patrick, he headed back to the nation of his slavery to be a missionary among the Irish. St. Patrick was tremendously effective and saw many pagans turn to put their faith in Christ. Despite how his extant writings testify to how much he missed his homeland, he chose to live and serve among the Irish he grew to love. He even suffered imprisonment and persecution at the hands of the Druids. But his dedicated and tireless evangelistic efforts, according to tradition, resulted in his baptizing 120,000 new believers and building over 300 churches in Ireland. He served and worked among the people for 30 years before he died on March 17, 461 A.D., and was buried in Ireland. We now celebrate St. Patrick's Day each year on the anniversary of his death, 
Originally, this was strictly an Irish feast day in the Roman Catholic Church to commemorate the patron saint of Ireland. However, Irish immigrants coming to North America brought their tradition with them and is now widely celebrated each year. Sadly, few people remember the devoted missionary who stands behind the St. Patrick's Day tradition. They are a myriad of symbols that we associate with St. Patrick's Day today, including the color green, leprechauns, pots of gold, and corned beef. All of these arose long after St. Patrick's died and have nothing to do with the courageous missionary. Indeed, most are American additions to the Irish holiday. However, there is one St. Patrick's Day symbol that is actually associated with St. Patrick. According to tradition, St. Patrick used the shamrock, or clover, to teach the concept of a Trinitarian God to the Irish. Each of these three lobes of the shamrock represents one member of the Trinity, God the Father, God the Son, and God the Holy Spirit. Of course, no analogy is perfect, but one can easily relate how three nearly identical leaves make up one shamrock. Just like St. Patrick preached to a pagan audience, so do Christians today preach to largely pagan audiences. In the West, we can no longer take for granted, like we used to, the people that have background knowledge of the Bible or that they trust what the Bible says. When we say God, we can't even assume people are thinking about the biblical God. Essentially, we live in a nation of pagans. They need to be reached with the gospel, just like the Irish Druids that St. Patrick reached. Just like St. Patrick took something that was common to the culture, the shamrock, and used it as a springboard to present the truth about the one true God, so can we take what is common for our culture and use it to share the gospel with others. Paul did this very thing in Greece when he used the altar to the unknown God to proclaim who that God was. Creation evangelism provides the perfect opportunity for us to do just that. We can take something common to our culture, like clothing, law, or education, and use it to present the gospel from the very beginning. For example, why wear clothes? It goes back to sin and shame and the need for a savior in Genesis 3. Why do laws exist? Because God is the ultimate lawgiver, and we need laws to reign in our sin nature ever since sin came into the world in Genesis 3. Why should we educate our youth? It is a biblical mandate, Deuteronomy 11.19 and Proverbs 22.6. So they too can learn the truth of God's word that leads to the gospel. In a secular culture, why wear clothes if we are just animals? Why have laws when nothing really matters? And why purpose ourselves to educate our kids that nothing has a purpose? Today our pagan culture largely doesn't understand what sin is or why we need a savior. We have to take them back to the beginning, in Genesis, to show them who God is, why there is such thing as sin, and why we need a savior, the Lord Jesus Christ. This St. Patrick's Day, use the true story of St. Patrick, as a springboard for presenting the life-changing message of Jesus Christ with others. Who doesn't love a little Ohio fire? Now that's the Ohio Players Fire. I'm talking about OhioFire.org. Striving for Eternity's Ministries puts on great conferences around the country. April 9th through the 11th, Columbus, Ohio. Not only will the gang from Striving for Eternity be there, but the gang from CARM, you know Matt Slick and the gang from Christian Apologetic Resources Ministries. Sign up for Ohio Fire at OhioFire.org. How many lies do you think you've told in your whole life? Quite a few. What do you call someone who tells quite a few lies? 
I mean, I guess a liar would be the correct term. Right, right. Okay. Uh, have you ever stolen anything, even something small? Yes. What do you call someone who steals? A thief. Right. Um, have you ever uh, uh, hated someone? I could say so, yes. Okay. Uh, I, I'm actually with the Christian organization. The Bible says that hatred is the same as murder. That, that's how bad it is in God's eyes. Um, and what I've just done, I've gone through uh, three, a couple of the Ten Commandments, three of them, um, and you've admitted to me that you uh, have lied, you've stolen, and according to the Bible, you'd be a murderer at heart. It doesn't sound like you're doing very good on the Nirvana train. It sounds like you're, you're uh, doing bad, just like the rest of us. What do, you, what do you think about that? I believe that no one's perfect, and the way that you go about the Buddhist teaching of life, everyone has their flaws. You could be a murderer, a rapist, and so on and so forth, just as the way that Jesus Christ taught us that God is going to forgive all of our sins. You try to attain for that yourself. You try to become a better person. You accept your flaws. And you live your life trying to, say, recompense for stealing, for being a rapist, for being a murderer. You try to live a more positive lifestyle so that you can feel better about yourself and feel better about the world around you and make it a better place. Gotcha. Okay. Now, see, that that's different from Christianity uh, in that, uh, you know, the Bible says that none of us are, are good, none of us can do good, that we're all uh, naturally bent towards doing what is wrong or what is against God's will. Um, but you mentioned Jesus forgiving sin and all that. Um, he doesn't, uh, he never said that he would forgive all sin or everyone's sin. Um, he actually... Uh, put a condition on it. He said that if you repent or turn away from your sin and turn to God, uh, the one true God according to the Bible, uh, by putting your trust in Jesus Christ and what he did on the cross, uh, dying on the cross to pay for the sins of mankind and then rising from the dead, then you'll be saved. Then you'll have your sins forgiven. Um, so, uh, it, it, it's different, uh, you know, Buddhism and Christianity. Buddhism says y- you do all the stuff to try and get to nirvana. Christianity says you can't do anything to get to nirvana or to get to heaven. It says you have to trust in Jesus. He's the only one who can get you to heaven or nirvana. Uh, so what happens, uh, and this will be the last question because I know you probably got to go. Uh, what happens... After, uh, after you die, like if, if you don't do enough good to get to Nirvana, what, what's the, what is the the Buddhist belief? What happens? Um, in the Buddhist belief, what happens is, at least my understanding of it, is you're rec- you're reincarnated, whether you've done good deeds or bad deeds, but depending on how good your karma is, how much positive energy, how many positive things that you've done depends on how you will be reincarnated. You could be, say, the easiest way to describe it is you could be reincarnated as, say, a flower if you did a good deed. And so you're a beautiful object. You're a a symbol of happiness, of love. Or if you did more bad than good, you could be we incarnated as the manure that's used to nurture the flower because you still did some good deeds. You're still being able to nurture that love and the peace of the flower, but you're not 
quite the love and the peace of the flower. You're the ground that it's built upon. Who decides what you come back as? I guess you could say yourself. You are in control of your own destiny. Okay. Well, like, what I mean is, like, uh, say you did, you know, you didn't do so hot. You did some bad things. Um, Who's to say you come back as manure or dog poop or, you know, a cockroach or, you know, like one of the bad things? Who who makes that determination of, of... what you come back as yourself okay so is there like a a list of like okay if i do uh this many good things i'll come back as this object or this many bad things i'll come back as a cockroach or anything like that no so um what do you what do you base your beliefs on like do you guys have a holy book or anything like that we have the bhavad gita okay what is what does that teach about um you know, who's, like, in charge of the whole scheme of things? Essentially yourself. It depends on if you're a theistic or non-theistic Buddhist. In my case, I'm a non-theistic Buddhist. I don't know too much about theistic Buddhism. I haven't looked into it too much, but in my case, I would say that if I were to die, I'd be in control of my own destiny. Okay, so essentially... um, Correct me if I'm wrong, but non-theistic Buddhism kind of sounds like you get to play God. I guess you could put it that way, yes. Imagine Jesus walking onto your local college campus. What would he say? Would he be like Matthew chapter 9, seeing the people rast and helpless like sheep without a shepherd, and say the harvest is plentiful, but the laborers are few? At Christian Collegiate Network, we are sending workers into the harvest. We are training students how to proclaim the glorious gospel, not only in the way that they live their lives, but how to speak to the campus community about the gospel. If you want to support our ministry at Christian Collegiate Network by becoming a campus leader or financially, go to changeyourcampus.com. Christian Collegiate Network, changeyourcampus.com. So you think you ever told a lie? Oh my gosh, yeah. I mean, everyone, no one's perfect. Everyone has. Have you ever stolen anything? Um, I'm sure I did on accident. Have you ever hated someone? Oh, well, yeah. I would, yeah, I'll admit, yeah. All right, the Bible says that if you hate someone, you murder them in your heart. And if you lust after a person, you commit adultery in your heart. Do you think you've ever lusted after a person? Um, probably. So if God judged you by the Ten Commandments, would you be innocent or guilty? Um, I'd be guilty. <laughs> if you're guilty, would you go to heaven or hell? See, this is what I, um, this is the only thing that I have is like, if you live a good life, why shouldn't you go to heaven? Even though, like, you know, everyone sins, everyone, like, I don't know. I know that God forgives you, but... I don't know. I guess I probably wouldn't go to heaven, but I don't know. That's whatever. That's my argument, and that's why I don't know what I believe in, because I don't think it's fair half the time. Well, if you stood before a judge and you broke his rules, wouldn't it be fair that he would punish you? Yes. So if you stand before God and you broke his rules, wouldn't it be fair that he punished you? I mean, yeah. Yeah. What if God was so merciful... That he sent his only son that lived a perfect life and broke none of the laws. And he didn't deserve any punishment, but he dies on the cross to pay your fine. And then three days later, raises again. He says, you know what? Repent, turn from your sin and trust I paid the fine. You go to heaven. What would you think of that? I mean, I don't know. (laughs) 
I don't know. I mean, that seems like good news to me. Yeah. But that seem like a merciful God? Yeah. So, can you think of anything that's wrong with that? I mean, that, no. No. <laughs> All right. So, this is what happened. Is that, that, do you know who it is that I just described to you? Um, yeah. I, no, no, I don't know. Yeah. <laughs> that was Jesus. So, God sent Jesus, right? And he lived that perfect life. And he rose people from the dead. And he healed people. And then he died on that cross. He takes the wrath for you. And three days later, he rose from the grave. 500 people saw him after he rose from the grave. Proven that, you know. And what he says is, I sent a way for you to get to heaven. I have to punish all people, but I made a way for you to get to heaven. And he wants you to get to heaven, so you have to turn from your sin and trust that he paid that fine. Does that make sense? Yeah. Ratings. We don't need no stupid ratings. You're listening to Witness Radio with Ryan Muriak. <coughs> but we like Ryan. <coughs> we do. Just go to witnesstalkradio.org. Are you lucky enough to get into heaven when you die? You know, there's a simple, there's a simple test that you can do to find out if you're lucky enough to go to heaven when you die. First question on that test is, have you ever told a lie? If the answer is yes, that makes you a liar. Another question, have you ever stolen anything? Even something small, even something of no intrinsic value. If you've taken something without permission or without paying for it, then you would be a thief. Have you ever used God's name as a curse word? Said Jesus or God or Christ in a derogatory way, then you would be guilty of blasphemy. Last one. Jesus said, you've heard it said of old, you shall not commit adultery. But I say to you, Jesus said, I say to you that whoever looks upon a woman to lust after her has committed adultery with her already in his heart. So have you ever done that? Have you ever looked at another human being with lust? If yes, then you are guilty and you are an adulterer at heart. Now what I've just done is I've taken you through four of God's Ten Commandments to find out if you're lucky enough to get to heaven. But here's the truth. Luck has nothing to do with it. It's all based on righteousness. And based on your answers. You're not righteous enough to get into heaven. In fact, the Bible says that there are none righteous. No, not one. The Bible says we've all sinned. We've all fallen short of the glory of God. We've all lied or stolen, used God's name like a curse word or looked with lust. Because of that, we all deserve to go to a place called hell. 
also known as the Lake of Fire. It's a horrible place. Weeping, gnashing of teeth, where the worm does not die. And if you go there, you're very unlucky. The problem is, we all deserve to go there because we've all sinned. You deserve it. I deserve it. But, luckily enough, God made a way for you and for me to escape that place. You see, the Bible says that God loved the world so much that he gave his only son that whoever believes in him should never perish but have eternal life. God sent his son, Jesus Christ, to this earth. He was born of a virgin, lived a perfect, holy life, a righteous life, never lying, never stealing, never doing anything wrong. And even though he was perfect in every way. In fact, he was God in the flesh. Even though he was righteous and never broke the law, he died like a criminal. He was beaten and whipped and tortured. And then he was hung upon a cross with nails piercing his hands and his feet. He hung on that cross died on that cross to pay for the sins of mankind. To pay for every lie you've ever told, no matter what color or how big it is. To pay for everything you've ever not paid for or stolen. So he died on that cross. But three days later, he came back to life. He rose from the grave according to the scriptures. It was prophesied that he would come back to life. That he would defeat death and hell. And he did. And now, ladies and gentlemen, now he offers you eternal life. He offers you an opportunity to escape hell and enter heaven. You see, Jesus has made a way for you to be lucky enough to get to heaven. Again, luck has nothing to do with it. It's all because of what Jesus did on the cross for you and for me. And he says that if you are willing to turn away from your sin, and place your faith, your trust, in Jesus Christ alone, then you can have eternal life. Then you can go to heaven. Jesus said he's the only way. Don't trust in luck to get you to heaven when you die. Trust in Jesus alone. You're listening to
to win this video. Okay, Patrick, tell us a bit more about this Trinity thing. Yeah, Patrick, tell us. But remember that we're simple people without your fancy education and books and learning, and we're hearing about all of this for the first time. So try to keep it simple, okay, Patrick? Yeah, real simple, Patrick. Sure, there are uh, three persons of the Trinity, the Father, the Son, and the Holy Spirit, yet there is only one God. Don't get what you're saying here, Patrick. Not picking up what you're laying down here, Patrick. Could you use an analogy, Patrick? Sure. Uh, the Trinity is like uh, water and how you can find water in three different forms, liquid and ice and vapor. That's modalism, Patrick! What? Modalism, an ancient heresy confessed by teachers such as Noetus and Sibelius, which espouses that God is not three distinct persons, but that he merely reveals himself in three different forms. This heresy was clearly condemned in Canon 1 at the First Council of Constantinople in 381 AD, and those who confess it cannot rightly be considered a part of the Church Catholic. Come on, Patrick! Yeah, get it together, Patrick! Okay, uh, then the Trinity is like uh, the sun in the sky, where you have the star and the light and the heat. Oh, Patrick. Come on, Patrick. That's Arianism, Patrick. Arianism? Yes, Arianism, Patrick. A theology which states that Christ and the Holy Spirit are creations of the Father and not one in nature with him. Exactly like how heat and light are not the star itself, but are merely creations of the star. That's a bad analogy, Patrick. You're the worst, Patrick. All right, sorry. The Trinity is like uh, this three-leaf clover here. I'm going to stop you right there, Patrick. Yeah, hold your horses, Patrick. You're about to confess partialism. Partialism? Yes, partialism. A heresy which asserts that the Father, Son, and Holy Spirit are not distinct persons of the Godhead, but are different parts of God, each composing one-third of the divine. And who confesses the heresy of partialism? The first season of the cartoon program Voltron, where five robot lion cars merge together to form one giant robot samurai, obviously... I've never heard of Voltron. Of course you haven't. It's not going to exist for another 1,500 years now, Patrick. Yeah, get with the program, Patrick. I mean, really, Patrick. I'm going to stab you in the face, Patrick. Okay, that was probably a bit much. All right, I'll try again. Uh, the Trinity is like how the same man can be a husband and a father and an employer. Modalism again. All right, then it's like the three layers of an apple. Partialism revisited. Fine, the Trinity is a mystery which cannot be comprehended by human reason, but is understood only through faith and is best confessed in the words of the Athanasian Creed, which states that we worship one God in Trinity and Trinity in unity, neither confusing the persons nor dividing the substance, that we are compelled by the Christian truth to confess that each distinct person is God and Lord, and that the deity of the Father, the Son, and the Holy Spirit is one, equal in glory, co-equal in majesty. Well, why didn't you just say that, Patrick? Yeah, quit beating around the bush, Patrick. Now let's all put on some giant green foam hats, get riotously drunk, and vomit in the Chicago River to celebrate our conversion. So what do you guys do for a living? Well, we come from a long line of snake farmers, Patrick, but truth be told, business has been real bad lately. Oh. Yeah, about that. Are you a Christian? Um, in a way, yes. I don't practice as much, but I do believe in Jesus. What makes a person a Christian? Um, I guess believing and going to church. Do you know 
why people end up in hell? Not sh- sinning. What? That's right, sinning. And what do you? What's a? Can you think of a definition of sinning? Doing something you're not supposed to be doing by your morals or law, I guess. Yeah, the the moral law, like the Ten Commandments. Do you think you've kept the Ten Commandments? Probably not. I've probably been a few times where I would have sinned. I think that's a smart answer. Um, Let me go through a couple of them. Have you ever told a lie? Yes. Have you ever stolen anything? No. The Bible says if you hate someone, you murdered them in your heart. And if you lust after a person, you commit adultery in your heart. Have you ever taken God's name in vain? Yes. So if God judged you by the Ten Commandments, would you be innocent or guilty? Probably guilty. If you're guilty, would you go to heaven or hell? Probably hell. Does that concern you? A little bit. Do you know what God did so you wouldn't have to go to hell? Forgiveness. Died on the cross. Why did he do that? Why did he do that? I'm not sure. That's cool. Oh, can I can I just tell you this why? I know you're like waiting for him real quick. Can I walk with you? But it's important to know why he died is that he paid your fine, miss. St. Patrick once wrote, I am ready to give even my life without hesitation and most willingly for his name. And I choose to devote it to him even unto death if God grant it to me. I pray that we would all have a heart for God like this man. The music for today's show comes from Kevin MacLeod at Incompetech.com. Until next time, the fields are ripe for the harvest. So what are you waiting for? Get out there and share your faith. May God bless you. Witness Radio has been brought to you by the Muniac family. 